From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, President Yoon Suk-yeol floats nuclear armament even as he admits the realistic option is to cooperate with the U.S. on the operation of its nuclear assets. The U.S. and Japan condemn continued provocations by North Korea while underscoring trilateral cooperation with Seoul. And the government formally presents a possible plan to compensate victims of Japan's wartime forced labor through a third party. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. President Yoon Suk-yeol says that if the North Korean nuclear issue worsens, the South may deploy tactical nuclear weapons or seek nuclear armament. Yoon made the remark on Wednesday during a New Year's briefing by the Foreign Affairs and Defense Ministries as he stressed the need to boost the nation's three-axis system to counter the North's missile and nuclear threats. However, he was quick to add that, for now, the realistic option is for Seoul and Washington to jointly devise and adopt plans for the operation of U.S. nuclear assets. Regarding Japan's decision to increase its defense spending, Yoon expressed understanding, citing North Korean missiles that have flown over Japan. The United States and Japan have condemned continued ballistic missile provocations by North Korea, underlining the significance of their collaboration with South Korea. The two nations presented the position in a joint press conference on Wednesday after a meeting of their foreign and defense chiefs in Washington. Baejuyun has more. Uh, and this, of course, is ahead of President Biden hosting Prime Minister Kishida. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says that the U.S. and Japan are deepening trilateral cooperation with South Korea to defend against North Korea. Ahead of the U.S.-Japan summit scheduled for later this week, the foreign and defense chiefs of the two sides held a meeting in Washington, followed by a joint news conference. In the face of the DPRK's unlawful and reckless missile launches, including the launch of a long-range ballistic missile over Japan in October, we're deepening our trilateral cooperation with the Republic of Korea to deter and, if necessary, defend against aggression. Japanese Foreign Minister Yoshimasa Hayashi stressed that the foreign ministers reaffirmed their unwavering commitment to the complete denuclearization of North Korea. We applaud Japan's pledge to double defense spending by 2027. The 2 plus 2 meeting came in the wake of the Japanese government's announcement last month that it will double its national defense spending to 2% of the nation's gross domestic product over the next five years, a move that Blinken said Washington endorsed in the meeting. In announcing their plans to boost collaboration with Seoul, Blinken said Washington and Tokyo agree that China is the greatest shared strategic challenge that the two sides and their allies and partners face. The U.S. State Department said last week that ways to enhance trilateral cooperation with Seoul and Tokyo will feature as a key topic at the summit Friday, especially in the face of growing threats from North Korea. Amid signs of thawing Seoul-Tokyo ties, Japanese media outlets reported last week that Tokyo is reviewing whether to invite South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol to the Group of Seven summit scheduled for May in Hiroshima, Japan. For that rosy timetable to come to fruition, the issue of wartime forced labor compensation needs to be resolved between Seoul and Tokyo. Pigeon Cubist World, Radio News. The government has formally presented a possible plan to compensate the victims of Japan's wartime forced labor through a third party rather than wait for non-responsive Japanese companies. So Min-jung, director general of the Foreign Ministry's Bureau Handling Asia-Pacific Affairs, unveiled the plan on Thursday during a public debate held at the National Assembly on ways to resolve the compensation issue. She said that after reviewing relevant laws, the government has concluded that it is possible and more practical for victims to first receive compensation through a third party 
through debt acquisition and other means. She said the government will personally meet the victims and their bereaved families to verify whether they are willing to receive such compensation. The official noted that it would be difficult for victims to receive compensation from Mitsubishi Heavy Industries and other Japanese corporate defendants. The companies withdrew their assets and closed down operations in South Korea, fearing a forcible execution of a 2018 Supreme Court liquidation order ruling for compensation for the victims. Meanwhile, ten members of the Korea-Japan Parliamentarians Union will depart for Japan on Thursday. The lawmakers are likely to exchange views with their Japanese counterparts on ways to address the compensation issue. You are now listening to the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul, Korea. Main opposition Democratic Party Chairman Lee Jae-myung has stressed the need to normalize what he called unilateral and violent state affairs. He made the call on Thursday during his New Year's press conference as he urged President Yoon Suk-yeol to stop what he termed schemes to annihilate the opposition. The DP chief said the Yoon government is intent on destroying the opposition camp and political enemies by mobilizing powerful agencies while stating he supports political cooperation only in words. He accused the government for its two-faced behavior. Recalling his repeated proposals for talks with the president, he noted censure against this government for being the only one in history to refuse to hold talks with the head of the main opposition party for more than eight months. He went on to propose a 30 trillion won emergency plan to help overcome crises in people's livelihoods and the nation's economy. He also reiterated the need to change the current power structure through a constitutional revision, allowing the president to seek re-election once after serving a four-year term. The South Korean presidency is currently limited to a single five-year term. The fugitive former chairman of Sangbangwu Group, Kim Sung-tae, will stand trial on Thursday for overstaying his visa in Thailand after being arrested earlier this week. According to legal circles, Kim faces charges for illegally staying in the country after Interpol issued a red notice for his arrest and thus invalidated his passport. Kim fled South Korea eight months ago while under a corruption probe. Denying any improprieties, Kim requested that a Thai court decide his immigration status, which may take more than a month to resolve. If found guilty, he will face deportation. Regardless, the prosecution in South Korea has begun preparations to request his extradition in the event Thailand does not follow through with deportation orders. Kim is facing a number of corruption charges in South Korea, including embezzlement, payment of Democratic Party chief Lee Jae-myung's legal fees by proxy, and the transfer of cash remittance to North Korea. The foreign ministry has warned China against retaliatory transit curbs for South Korean nationals, emphasizing entry restrictions based on other factors than COVID-19 should not exist. At a regular briefing on Thursday, Foreign Ministry spokesperson Im Soo-seok said South Korea has expressed strong regret over China's decision through diplomatic channels, reiterating that Seoul's restrictions are based on science out of concern for the health and safety of the South Korean public. After South Korea implemented restrictions on travelers from China last week, China implemented its own restrictions on Tuesday before upping them the next day as it suspended the transit visa exemption for citizens of South Korea as well as Japan. Such travelers must now apply for a transit visa to stay in certain parts of some cities for a fixed amount of time while transiting. Although 15 countries around the world have strengthened their measures against incoming travelers from China, Beijing has only hit back at Seoul and Tokyo with travel restrictions. 
Owners of two homes will now be subject to lower taxes if they offload one within three years. The government announced the measure in a meeting presided over by Finance Minister Chu Yong-ho on Thursday. The change adds one more year to the government's exemption from heavy taxes for homeowners who temporarily own two homes, now giving such owners three years to sell one of the properties before incurring the tax. The government said the move was inevitable due to a slump in the housing market amid rising interest rates. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index rose 5.57 points, or 0.24%, on Thursday, closing the day at 2,365.10. The tech-heavy Kosdaq also rose, gaining 1.05 points, or 0.15%, to close the day at 710.82. On the foreign exchange, the local currency strengthened 0.41 against the dollar, ending the day at 1,245.81. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy.